Hey, what's going on? My name is Matthew and welcome to the Real Life Podcast. This is a place where we hope that you can be encouraged, that your faith can be built up, and you can leave feeling more connected to Jesus and his church than when you tuned in. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Well, you guys, I'm super excited to have this conversation. I know when we start a new year, we all kind of start with resolutions or kind of hopes and plans. And uh, while this year didn't quite go as we planned, uh, we, I think we still had hopes. So I want to start out this conversation just with uh, kind of talking about what were your guys' hopes and plans, either personally or for your churches uh, when we started 2020? Yeah, a lot of things I was hoping for. I mean, we were five months old yeah. as a church when COVID hit. We had planted in October of 2019. And um, so a lot of firsts that we were looking forward to. I mean, we didn't get to gather together on Easter in person, um, a lot of summer community events that were coming up that we missed out on that got canceled. Um, even our one year anniversary was different trying to do that online and not being able to be in person for that. Um, and I think too, like or in March, like I feel like we had a lot of momentum, like the next wave was coming. People who were like ready to serve, ready to like start making disciples, leading groups, like, and those of us who had been part of the team since the beginning that were kind of tired by March, were like, yes, like God's bringing people, like we are ready, like the yeah. team is growing. Um, and it seemed like COVID kind of stalled some of that momentum, or at least kind of like took some of it away, and we had to kind of regain some of that momentum in our hearts. Yeah, I think I'm a guy that's addicted to momentum, like you're talking about. Like that's something I'm always measuring and hoping for, and probably too much uh, in some ways. But uh, I was thinking about we had a we had a gigantic prayer wall, um, this Jesus saves wall in our lobby, uh, that we were putting names of people that we were believing Jesus was going to save in 2020, and we had just started piling names up there. I mean, there was hundreds and hundreds of names up there, and uh, I remember that just stopping, just like screeching halt, you know, because we can't be in the building anymore. And uh, I remember walking through the building several times right after things got shut down, just kind of lamenting the momentum that was and that could have been and the lives that could have been changed, those people that we were praying for. Uh, <clears throat> gosh, that was gut-wrenching for me to, to just see that wall hang there like that, kind of like time stood still, you know, and... Uh, Man, I, I know that momentum is like a, an awesome thing, but man, it felt like it just got, the air got sucked out of the church through those first few weeks for sure. Yeah, I think likewise, a lot of hope heading into 2020. We were getting ready to celebrate our two-year anniversary and uh, we had a fun theme, too legit to quit. And we were, <laughs> we were having lots of fun with the momentum. We were growing as a church, finally kind of, I think, getting past the plant stage, getting leaders developed. And so our hopes were high. Uh, we were ready to, to see what God was gonna do on the South Hill. And we were in the middle of uh, 40 days of prayer. Yeah. Oh, Same God. thing, putting the names on the wall, yeah. you know, and just, there was so much hope yeah. in the church. People were excited and praying for friends, family, coworkers to come to know Jesus, you know, that Easter or sometime 2020. And yeah, we kind of hit pause. And, uh, uh, but I'm thankful we started learning how to be the church without some of the, um, the service elements. And I think for me, a hope that was kind of restored was to work together again. Yeah. We had been kind of working together on the north side years, and then we launched South Hill two years ago, and then Shane was leaving. And so God was still moving, yeah. and, and he was reminding us of what true hope is. Right. And uh, But man, my plans didn't 
I would never have planned 2020 the way it worked out, yeah. but it was good to see God move still in the, in the midst of it. Yeah. Yeah, I really think this year was kind of, you mentioned that, too legit to quit, and we kind of laughed, because I yeah. kind of really kind of think that, that um, we had clever ideas. I, mean, I remember, like, October, yeah. November, and people were like, 2020, like, we're going to have, like, a, a series on clarity and vision, yeah. and yeah. God's just like, yeah. um, we need to take all your clever ideas and refine them, and really That's just good. strip it down to, to really the core of what the church is, and, and what really disciple-making is really all about. Yeah. yeah. One of the guys that's on the South Hill has a very hairy chest, and... Uh, he actually shaved a two in his chest <laughs> for that two legit to quit. That hopes was, were really high for 2020. So yeah. Maybe Commitment. that yeah. maybe that was the issue. It took a dive. Speaking he shaved a two into his chest and <laughs> speaking of momentum, that's some yeah. serious momentum right there. Yeah. Yeah, well as we continue this conversation, I think um, we start out with our hopes and our plans, but um, Really excited to hear, you know, what God has taught us through all of this as a church, as people individually, as we really have continued to, to strive and be faithful uh, to Jesus through this year. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things I, I've learned and I feel like God is always reminding me that I need to keep learning once I think I figured it out uh, is relationships. Yeah. Um, when the service this got closed and that got taken away from us. All we had left was really the relationships that we had developed, whether that was on Sunday mornings or in connect groups or these discipleship opportunities that we had. And, and uh, man, that was just revealed how much I was leaning on Sundays or leaning on connect groups to facilitate relationships. And when those things kind of slowed down, man, I, God goes, this is what it's all about and the strength of our church, the strength of our team, the momentum that we had going is really built on relationships. And so it's been a refining, a purifying. And so now that we're you know, looking to, to go back to in-person in 2021, relationship is the king that we're gonna keep pushing for. And even now we're getting creative on how to stay connected and reconnect while we're working towards these other awesome moments. But man, relationships has been the biggest thing for me to, to learn and relearn and, and our church to learn and yeah. relearn. Yeah. 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 I think relationship is definitely a similar theme for me. Um, but the greatest lesson has been very personal, um, like learning the gift of solitude, which I know seems weird when we like, you know, we're forced to stay in place, like can't go anywhere, but recognizing the difference between loneliness and solitude and like choosing to be alone with God and try to like discover who he's made me to be. And just even just, peel back the layers of my own heart. Hey, what motivations are driving me that I wasn't even aware of? And God's wanting to bring the light and, and refine and reveal and bring some healing in my own heart. And so I think as I've recognized, man, I miss being with people, but if I can lean into the gift of solitude in my life, one, I think it grows me in relationship because I get more kind of familiar and comfortable in my own skin. And so when I am with people, um, I don't need them to be who I want them to be. They're <laughs> free good. to be who they are, and I can listen just, okay, who has God made this person to be? Not what do I need from them or what affirmation do I want or, you know, what, what am I looking to get from this relationship? But just, man, who is this person? Who has God made them to be? And how can I join God at work in their life? And I think that's something I've been learning and growing in over this year. That's good. Yeah, there's a lot of freedom in that. Yeah. I think that's a piece for me, too, is... Um, I guess my my lesson from 2020 is pretty simple. Like, I like to control things. I like to fix things. I like to manage outcomes. I like to um, feel like I'm contributing to things going well. And 
uh, it just seemed like week after week, mandate after mandate, um, you know, new science after new science, whatever the circumstance was, there was always this stripping of control um, that I was forced to deal with week in and week out, day in and day out. And um, the thing that was refreshing to me, even as I sit here at the end of 2020, is I'm able to look back and go, man, I think the dreams I had in my, the sights that I had set on 2020 were actually small compared to what Jesus had in mind. Mm. And that blows me away <laughs> because I feel like I'm pretty visionary and have like high hopes and, yeah. and strong vision. And um, I mean, I can name just the amount of multiplication in, in disciples and leaders and church planners uh, that God has just brought forth this year that none of us could have predicted. I had no way to manage or control. Uh, to see some of these things kind of emerging is just this massive affirmation. Jesus is in control, Richie. You don't have to be. Uh, he's building his kingdom. Not even the gates of hell can stop what Jesus is up to. Um, chill. Like, it's going to be okay. Like, God has a plan that's so much bigger than you. And um, for me, that's like a message I got to preach myself all the time. It's not just a, oh, yeah, I learned that one time. If I feel like that's over and over for me. Um, but, but as I look at 2020 as a whole, that's one of the lessons I feel like the Lord is really encouraging my heart with as we move forward uh, to continue to lean into that that submission and that willingness to let him be the leader of his church. I think as a leader in the church, you take on that mantle, yeah. but then it kind of like gets twisted if you're not careful to where you're a little too important. I'm a little too important in that equation. And so I feel this like you're not that big of a deal, Richie, like Jesus is, and uh, you can trust him and follow him and let him lead. I love that. It reminds me, like, man, scripture you quote all the time. Jesus yeah. said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not be able to stop. Like, he's continuing to build his yeah. church even in such a crazy year. Amen. Yeah, yeah. In a way that we would have never measured, never thought of, never planned for. Yeah, he's building it in such an amazing way. Yeah, I love what you said, that God is at work. He's always been at work. Because I think, you know, going into this year and just always on, I think we always want to grow. We like the idea of growth. Like, I want to grow closer to you. I want to, like, follow you more. I want to know you more. And, and before, I think it was just, like, going through classes or different things like that. And really, he just kind of showed us that, like, suffering is a major way yeah. that we actually grow. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, a lot, of, a lot of hard things. You know, I know all of us, it kind of seemed like of all the years to make the changes that we made this year, <laughs> like, why would we choose this year? Yeah. But honestly, it's those types of moments where we really press in right. and, and really remember what things are about and just kind of, as you've mentioned so many times, just submit and yeah. humility yeah. And, and just commit to being faithful to whatever it is, whoever he's put in front of us, yeah. uh, no matter what that may look like. Yeah. yeah, Amen. Well, thanks for sharing, you guys. I'm so blessed by your vulnerability. Uh, this time, we want to walk through a series of clips to kind of walk us all through that process that Shane, Michael, and Richie have been taking us through. I want to start with the first clip. It was taken back in early spring. Uh, the pandemic was still new upon us. Uh, we had just received word that uh, we were no longer going to be gathered uh, together as a body. Uh, but we're, we were still excited. There was an opportunity. There was a sense of excitement in the air about something new. God was going to stir things up and teach us something that we hadn't been through before. And so that's kind of what we were talking about. So let's take a look. I think Jesus is in the business of disrupting things all the time. And, and disruption never hits us in a place where we're comfortable or excited about it. Oh, I can't wait to be on quarantine for eight straight weeks. Or like we just heard about again this week, 
that we've got another extended stay-at-home order here in Washington. I know this thing just hits us in waves and that just gets old to have our life constantly disrupted. I, know I think if, if you and I are honest, we've created our own rules. Maybe education or experience tops the list for us of who's the most credible people. Who are the ones that we would choose? Maybe for you, it's, it's um, some sort of ministry resume. If you've grown up around church, you've got ideas about what's like the most highly esteemed roles within church and, and who should have them and who shouldn't and what kind of life they should live and what kind of character they should have and what kinds of things are attached to those responsibilities and those roles. Some of us, it's it's a list of sins. Like, like if you've got these sins, you're all right, but not these ones. There's, there's differences and distinction. There's rules that we've made and we've set them up in our mind and Jesus seems to be just interrupting ruining all of those rules in this moment. And I love what he says in response to the Pharisees' question. I, I didn't come for people that, that, that are righteous. I didn't, I didn't come for people that, that think they've got their lives all figured out. I didn't come for those. The, the ones who need a doctor are the sick ones. Those are the ones that need the love. Those are the ones that need healing. And, and I think if we were honest, we would step back and recognize that we're not much different than, than these tax collectors, people who are in desperate need of salvation, people that need hope, that need somebody to believe in them, that need somebody to see beyond their exterior and their, their mistakes and all of the past that they've lived in. And, and yet somehow we forget, I forget all the time where I've come from the mistakes I've made, the, the pain that I've caused in people's lives. And, and I start to build up this credibility in my own mind of who I am and what I've done and how much I deserve. And this entitlement makes us just like the Pharisees. And Jesus is ruining this list of rules. He's ruining it. And I think it's a grace that he would do this. It's a grace that he would say, hey, your rules are, are ruining your life. They're ruining your perspective. They're ruining who you are and who you believe in and who you care about and who you're loving. You're only loving the ones that are like you. You're only loving the ones that that, that sound like you and act like you and believe like you. And, and, and you need some disruption. It's God's love. It's his grace to disrupt these rules that we've created. And it's his grace to go, hey, who do I love? Like if, if you see this story and you start to think about our, our culture and our world right now, who would Jesus love? Who would Jesus be going, hey, follow me. I see you. I have future for you. I have potential in mind for you. Come on. I've got a plan, Levi. I, I see who you are and I see what I can do through you. Come on. Let me show you. No wonder Levi left everything to follow Jesus. All of this old identity, all this old life, I will gladly drop that because this one, he, he can see who I could be. Not who I am right now, but, but what could be in this life. What a gift that Jesus would come into every one of our lives and, and make this invitation, right? The mission to reach the world for Jesus stays exactly the same, but the methods have to change. And in order for the methods to change, like our Religious ruts have to be willing to move. If we hold on to the way it's always been, we are going to miss where God is leading us next, where he is wanting to take us. The mission doesn't change, but certainly the methods have to. My heart breaks if you're stuck in this 
waiting for everything to get back to normal, the way things always used to be like, what if Jesus in his grace and his love is saying, I don't want you to go back to the way it used to be. I want you to learn a new way to reach more people than you've ever reached before, to plant more churches than you've ever planted before. Man, I think about even if restrictions loosen up just a little bit and we can gather in homes and watch these services together, we've been dreaming about the next two or three church plants together as churches here in the Spokane area, but what if Jesus has a couple thousand churches in mind that start in your home? Like the rut says, well, you got to get a big building, you got to have the right sound equipment, you got to get it all figured out, and then you can start a church. What if, what if Jesus is making you a church planner in this new season and you just had no idea that you had permission to do that? Steve, when I look at this story, I go, God, you're so faithful that you would show us exactly what your heart is, that you came for the sick. You came for those that need a doctor. That, that you came to, to offer us this opportunity to step out of the way things have always been and step into a, a new way. Of, of seeing you work through us. God, your mission, your kingdom isn't changing, but the methods of how your kingdom is expanding is absolutely changing. And Jesus, we're on board. We're in. Like We're wholeheartedly committed to learning to be your church in this new time. And God, we have no idea what this is going to look like, how this is going to go, but we're with you, Jesus. We're going to stay in step with your spirit inside of us. We're going to stay humble. We're not going to get arrogant and allow ourselves to get sucked into the way we've always done stuff. God, would you show us how to be your church in this season? God, would you ruin these ruts by your grace? Would you change the way we've always thought so that we could reach people we've never reached? God, by your goodness and your favor, God, would you show us the people that need a doctor? Would you forgive us, God, for allowing our hearts to be consumed with our own righteousness and our own ways and our own thoughts and our own fears, God, and give us a perspective that sees those that are hurting, that are lonely, that are sick, that need somebody to see potential in them. God, forgive us for the rules that we've made about who's in and who's out. Jesus, our hearts are to be in step with. Such a good reminder. Uh, our next clip comes from a few months later to where we were still not able to, to gather. Uh, the newness and the excitement had kind of worn off, but we were still being encouraged to, to be faithful through everything. Uh, Michael gave us a message that really just encouraged us that we are in so much in need of grace when things are not going well, or when things are really bad, or when things are good. Uh, we never outgrow or outlive that need for grace. And so we're going to take a look kind of at this clip now and really just see how God was continuing to, to grow and shape us during this year. And we also have to understand we never graduate from grace. We're called to, to grow towards maturity. When we put our faith in Jesus, he meets us where we're at, and then he calls us to more. Take your next step of faith. Follow me. Grow with me. Even in Luke chapter 6, he says, you're to grow towards maturity so that someday you will look like and be like your teacher. We're called to grow in this faith. But if we look at grace as just a, a, a moment, a transactionary moment in our life, and not something that we're to be grounded in, we can walk away from it and become callous to the point of not needing grace anymore. I remember in my life, God rescued me when I was a young boy in the middle of a broken household with, with yelling and screaming. God saw me in my despair. He reached down and he poured his grace on me, his love on me. I received that and I was overwhelmed. God, that you would see me, that you would know me, 
that you would love me. I haven't done anything for you. I, I'm not good enough. And he goes, I see you, son. I love you. Receive this gift. I responded with overwhelming worship. I couldn't understand it, explain it, but I, I was worshiping God. And then at some point in my life, I got this idea in my head that needing grace equated to weakness. And so I worked really, really hard to not need God's grace in my life. I worked really hard to set up rules and all of these boundaries that I wouldn't cross, not because of my love for God, but because I didn't want to have to be in that place again as a broken, hurting boy. I got disconnected from, from, from the grace. I graduated from it, so to speak, in an effort to be mature. All that did was, man, set me up for, for failure in my life. Instead of being gracious towards people and wanting others to encounter the grace that I had, I started putting rules and boundaries on them that God never placed on them. God never placed on me. I started judging people based on my personal beliefs and laws and rules. I became a Pharisee. I didn't start out that way. I didn't want to. I was so overwhelmed by God's grace. But then in an effort to mature, I saw grace as a weak, weak point in my life. So I worked really hard not to sin outwardly. All of those things so that I didn't need to be crying at Jesus' feet anymore because I was good. Man, we never graduated. Our, our growth in our faith and our maturity in our faith should lead us to more dependence on Jesus, to more dependence on his grace in an ever-increasing way. Day by day, we should realize, God, your grace is so overwhelming. Thank you. I don't deserve this. Every breath that I breathe in and out is a grace of God in my life. It's a gift from God. Have you graduated from grace? Have you insulated yourself with rules and, and knowledge and truth to the point where you don't need God's grace in your life? Man, for me, that was a, a scary place to be. And it's a lonely place to be. You don't have very good relationships in that place. You're that person that judges everybody. That's, people go, oh, you're, you're that guy that's better than everyone else. You're Simon that isn't excited to see someone come to the faith so we never graduate from grace. It's a gift. So how do we stay grounded in this grace of God? It's gratitude. Gratitude grounds us in grace. Gratitude is, is the quality of being thankful, readiness to show appreciation for, and to return the kindness that's been given to us. And the grace of God is this free, unmerited, undeserved favor of God, the gift of salvation, that he would make a way for us to be restored to right relationship with God the Father. We need to remember who God is and what he's done in our lives. If we forget or if we graduate from this, we'll be, become disconnected from God, the grace of God. We'll be disconnected and discouraged. Are you lacking gratitude in your life right now? I would say look for the grace in your life. Go back to that moment when you were encountered Jesus for the first time and you heard the truth and were overwhelmed by the grace that he sees you. He knows you. He loves you. You haven't done anything for him and he still knows you and loves you. Go back to that moment. Find the gratitude that he would, he would do that for you then. Are you lacking grace in your life? Look to Jesus. 
I think for me, the, the biggest wake-up call was I was on an island by myself, holier than thou, thinking I was doing God's work. Really, I was alone, isolated, scared. I needed to look to Jesus because there was no grace in my life. I wasn't receiving it. I wasn't extending it. I looked to Jesus and he changed everything. Let's be a people who are grounded in the grace of God. Well, I think we can all agree that that is something that we all need to be daily reminded of. Our last clip comes from just a couple of months ago. We were well into 2020. In fact, we were reaching the end of this year. And if we were honest, we were just ready for it to be over with. We all knew personally someone, or most of us knew personally someone who had either suffered or struggled or had a family member pass away from the result of this year. And uh, we were just ready to be done. And uh, Shane really just gave us a message that God gave to him just asking us, how's your heart? We were hurting and in need of healing and really got a really powerful opportunity to see the heart and care that Jesus has for us. And so we're gonna take a look at that clip right now. Where is your heart? And that's the question today I think that Jesus asks us, invites us to consider is how's your heart? How's your heart? And this is such an important question not to miss even in times of challenge, even in times of difficulty that we don't disconnect from our hearts and the work that God's doing in our hearts right now to grow us, to mature us, to help us become the people that he has called and designed us to be. Cleansing leads us to obedience. It's the right heart and the right actions motivated by love. And this obedient heart leads us to a compassionate heart because you can't love God and not love the people who are made in God's image. Compassion literally means with passion, it's to be moved, to be burdened, to be bothered by those who are suffering, hurting, who are in need, especially for the poor, the needy, and the oppressed. This is why Jesus tells them early on in the conversation, clean the inside by giving gifts to the poor and you will be clean all over. Like allow your heart to be led by generosity because of the undeserved grace, mercy, favor, and love of God that we've received. We just try to pour out even an ounce of that into the lives of other people around us who God has called us to love and serve and pour our lives out to. Here's the way James, the half-brother of Jesus, says it, reminds us. He says, pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans, and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. This is what sets us apart as God's people. Orphans, widows, other passages in scripture mentioned foreigners or, or strangers in distant land and, and the poor very specifically. Those are the four categories that God calls us to give our lives to, to care for, to show special attention to widows, orphans, strangers, foreigners, and the poor among us. And God wants to pour out his justice through his people. And Jesus himself says in John 13, this statement, he says, a new commandment I give to you. This is him talking to his disciples right after he'd served them by washing their feet. He says, I command you to love one another just as I have loved you. 
you also are to love one another. Listen, by this, all people will know you are my disciples if you have love for one another. That's what sets us apart as followers of Jesus. That's what marks us as God's people. That's what the world is desperate and dying to experience. That's what the world needs is people who are genuinely loving, pouring themselves out for, for the sake of others. Man, God calls us to be a city on a hill a light that cannot be hidden. His kingdom should shine and flourish through his people and draw others to himself. And our lives should be these beacons of light and hope. And that happens as our hearts are cleansed by Jesus, transformed, made new, obedient to his commandments and his ways that he's called us and modeled for us to live and then moved with compassion to those around us. And we give ourselves to those to whom God is sending us. That's the question is, will you and I give ourselves, pour ourselves out, give our lives as living sacrifices for those that God is calling us to love, to serve, to be generous towards, to to pour out our lives, not because they can repay you, not, not because it's gonna be mutually beneficial, but because of what God has done for you. It's all starts in our hearts. God wants your heart. God wants you. Well, as we look forward, guys, 2021, you know, don't want to like have anybody have any panic reactions or anything, but, but as you look forward, as we're praying and seeking about what God has for, for real life and for us personally, what are you guys looking most forward to in 2021? Yeah, for me, it's just thousands and thousands and thousands of people coming to know Jesus. I, I don't know how to measure that or plan for that or quantify that. I think that's just, um, that's just what beats in my heart constantly is that um, God put us on a mission here in a region together um, where there's hundreds of thousands of people that don't know Jesus. And uh, I can't. I can't even imagine how 21 is going to go. I don't even know what to plan for or how to think about that, but I can pray and I can hope and dream that the kingdom of God would just continue to expand and that lives would be radically transformed and that literally thousands of people would come to faith in Jesus Christ, be baptized, be raised to maturity in Christ as a disciple of Jesus. And uh, I think I just... For me, the, especially this last month and a half or so of 2020 has been, what is the main thing? What is the mission? What are we supposed to be focused on? Jesus, his glory, and people, and how desperately they need Jesus. And just keeping it super simple like that helps me to look at 21 with a lot of optimism. Uh, if I get caught up in all the complexities of what didn't work and how broken 2020 was, uh, it gets really discouraging quick. But if I can just go, no, Jesus is alive on the throne, loves people desperately and wants to save them, and I want to be a part of that with him, oh, man, 21 could be awesome. <laughs> I don't know how, but it could be amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, I think similarly that, just the recognizing just what God has invited us into. Yeah. Not only are we... Reconciled to God through faith, but then we're invited to join Him in this ministry of reconciliation. Um, and I think just I'm excited for just more and more ownership and culture being built of being disciples who really make disciples and own the mission, like in our context. Because so I think, um, like, if I look back, I, I would look at you know Sunday gatherings like as 
kind of like the majority of where the mission was lived out. Like I was like hopeful and excited. Oh, I'm going to meet somebody new. I'm you know, God's drawing people in. Absolutely. He is. And he does. And those environments are incredible. Um, but oftentimes I would neglect like the more personal areas, like my neighbors, yeah, my family, my friends, people I work with, my community. And yeah. I think this year has taught us, you talked about relationship earlier, yeah. like, like we've, kind of falling back on all we have is relationship yeah. when all the yeah. structures went away yeah. and the yeah. corporate gatherings went away um, relationship was kind of what we were left with I'm like, okay who do i know that doesn't know jesus yeah. and same thing with every single person in our church man who is god wanting to reach through you and just yeah. that we would have that sense of ownership and yeah. passion for yeah. people to come to know jesus and not rely on just a service to do that or even great preaching like those are right. amazing things but again that's just, my opportunity to join God at work in people's yeah. lives. And I think we're getting better yeah. at owning that mission. Yeah. 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 When I, when I think of 2021, I, I think of how hard 2020 was and how dark it was for a lot of people. And I, and I look to 2020 and go, and there's light, yeah. there's hope. I think of um, people that God's drawing to them that would have never come to a church service before. Right, right. They're asking about when is church starting? Yeah. You know, when can we come? You know, do you, are you doing anything right now? And so for me, it's seeing those neighbors, those coworkers, those friends and family members come to know Jesus and, and seeing a church that I think learned a lot about being the church during this time. Yeah. Uh, seeing them really start to flex their God-given muscles to reach their own world. And so like, man, I can't wait to see what God's going to do through online, you know, with James, his leadership there, yeah. the real life at home with all of the different leaders who God has raised up during this time, how they're going to reach their neighborhood. Yeah. And then uh, in-person gatherings, North sides, yeah. we're already seeing momentum there. 20, you know, 2021, we're going to launch with our third year anniversary. We got done with the terrible twos. We're going right into the threes. We skipped the two year all over. All. Just, it was part of the plan, you know, but, but just to see what God's going to do as we continue to, to look to him and make the, the main thing, the main thing, which is the gospel. It's seeing people who are far from God come to know him uh, and follow him. And then our job is to equip them to go and be the church in their world. And we've seen so much growth in that development and uh, that hunger for people to go, okay, well, how can I bring this hope to my neighbors? We would love to help you. And so 2021 is going to be amazing if for nothing more than we're so dependent on Jesus. And I think 2020 bred that in us. We can't do anything (laughs) apart from you. And so I'm looking at 2020 as 2021 is one year that's just, man, I'm going to be clinging to Jesus and grabbing as many people to cling to him as we can for the mission to move forward. Yeah. And when you say that dependence, I'm thinking about our staff team just had a conversation yesterday. Uh, First week of January, we're going to pray and fast uh, as a, as a church together in uh, January 4th, 5th and 6th, I think it is. And we were just talking about you said reconciliation earlier, and I was thinking about just Jesus' church has always been this hospital, right, mm-hmm. for hurting people and in this this kind of safe place for people that need to be rescued. And we're going to spend that week just fasting about opportunities that we as a church can step into in 21 yeah. uh, just to make this city know the love and grace of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, and what opportunities are those going to be, and how are we going to meet the needs of brokenness in our city and legitimately be that that place of refuge. And, yeah. and I get so fired up thinking 
uh, God, how are you going to rescue people through your church this yep. year in, in 21? And uh, for me, I just get, I get filled with hope for 21 with yeah. no idea what that's going to look <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. no <laughs> like predictions, yeah. but just this anticipation of what God could do with the people who are surrendered, dependent yep. on him yep. and ready to jump into the mess of, of broken lives and uh, watch what God does as, as he rescues them from all that brokenness. Yeah, I think it's definitely been a journey through 2020, but I think definitely looking forward, there is a lot of hope. You know, I've been thinking about this a lot, but like we can read throughout scripture and even just like church history and see God doesn't waste anything. Right. No matter what 2020 looked like for me, you or anybody, you know, that's following along, he didn't waste anything. There was a plan and a purpose behind 2020. And I guess my real hope is that we would, we would learn the things that we learned in 2020 because I know, um, I don't know if you guys experienced this, but there's a temptation to be like, you know, let's get back to you know, things as we know it as soon as possible. <laughs> right. And at this point, I'm just like, you know, I, I hope we don't. <laughs> I hope that, you know, our eyes have been open. We see that, you know, all the things that we thought were, were so great and were working, um, they weren't eternal. Yeah. You know, people and relationships is what we're all about. And yeah. so I'm really hoping yeah. that um, we just stay in that, that posture of humility and say, okay, God, whatever it is, you, know, you talk about pressing in mm. or, you know, weeks of prayer, whatever that looks like, um, 2021 may look completely different. In fact, probably is going to look a lot different than we thought. (laughs) But I do think it's it's filled with plenty of hope. And I'm hoping that as you guys have shared this today, your own stories, being vulnerable, appreciate that. People can see that as well. And so, um, Michael, you want to close us out? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Jesus, we just thank you. You are faithful. We thank you that whenever you promise something, you come through. We uh, thank you for, for Christmas, which we just celebrated. It was a promise that you would, you would send uh, help. You would send uh, your son. You would send yourself to make a way to right all of the wrong. And as we look back on 2020, there are plenty of things we can point out that didn't work out the way that we thought they should. But God, you were faithful and you were redeeming and moving throughout the whole year. And we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for sustaining us, for growing us, for bringing us back to you in many ways. We just look forward to 2021 with excitement, with anticipation, with hope of all that you're going to do in us and through us as we continue to to pursue you and your mission. God, we ask that you would bless every single person watching this, God, that you would fill them with hope, you'd fill them with purpose, that you would fill them with uh, the mission that you have for them which is to reach this world for you one person at a time. We love you. We, uh, we need you and we're so thankful. And, uh, we just want to thank you for 2020 and we want to thank you for what you have in front of us as we move forward into 2021 in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. Be sure to stay in touch and visit the description for our contact info. We would love to be praying for you. Before you take off, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. As always, we hope this podcast encouraged you and pointed you closer to Jesus. Take care.